Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to Land Grant Holy Land's I-70 football show, where we discuss the entire Big Ten from Rutgers to Ohio State. You can catch us every Monday breaking down the major games, storylines, and previewing the next week's slate. So if you love the Big Ten, pack a bag, jump in the car, and enjoy the ride. As always, I'm your host, Jordan. Um, unfortunately, today, I am not joined by my co-host, Dante, as our schedules didn't link up today. So uh, I will be doing the second ever solo show in i-70 football show history and if that is not something you are interested in i apologize uh but we're gonna make this nice and short and sweet thankfully for us for me especially and hopefully for you uh there's something to talk about it's about a week old by the time that you listen to it but it's still news um and we were going to talk about it today regardless because it's big 10 news and this is the i-70 show where we talk about the big 10 so uh, if you are unaware um, or if you just haven't been paying attention, the Big Ten, a report came out from Scott Docterman, who is a reporter for The Athletic. <clears throat> He's Iowa's beat reporter for The Athletic. A report came out that uh, the Big Ten is considering getting rid of divisions, uh, and that could happen as early as 2023. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, that's going to be the, largely the entire show. Um, so, so let's hop into it. If you haven't been, if you haven't been paying attention, or you just don't know why 
why would they get rid of divisions? That is the most important question. That's the first question, obviously. Why would you get rid of divisions? Um, we've seen in the last 10 to 15 years, the Big Ten do multiple things as they've started to expand. Um, when they added in Nebraska, they went to Legends and Leaders, which uh, no one really liked, uh, largely because the names were corny and you lost a lot of like traditional rivalries. But one of the good things about that was kind of the balance of power. You got to split up some teams, um, but that just really wasn't working. So then they added in Rutgers and Maryland, and they decided to go east and west. Um, geographical obviously makes sense. Um, they split by uh, geographic region location. That got back some of those important rivalries because, let's be honest, most of your rivalries are with schools that are close to you. Um, and that's been decent, but the biggest issue with it really is the balance of power sits in the East. Um, since 2014, when um, they got the, when they um, started it East and West, a team from the East has won every single time. And that has not been Ohio State every single time. It's been Ohio State most of the time, but Ohio State hasn't won every single time. Um, it's fair to say that Ohio State skews any kind of results, right? Because of how successful they are, how much they win. Um, but Michigan just came out the East and won. Michigan State came out the East and won um, a couple of years ago, I think in 2015. So there's a, a, a balance of power. Um, the the other issue, though, especially when it relates to Ohio State uh, and the teams in the East, Penn State being number one, Penn State is one of the ones who is pushing heavy for this. There are years, there are multiple years, actually, where the the second, third, the second or third best team, or maybe even the second, third, and fourth best team, and the Big Ten is in the East. Just think about it. Uh, well, first of all, the second best team in the Big Ten was in the East this year. It was Ohio State. The third best team may have been in the East. That may have been Michigan State. Um, and, and I mean, where would you put Penn State this year? Maybe four, maybe five or six. Um, I'm guessing you would have them over some of the other teams. And I know it's safe to say like, oh, well, Iowa was in the championship. They're the second best team. But we watched what Michigan did to Iowa. And let's be honest, is there anyone who thinks Iowa was beating Michigan State or Ohio State? So a year like this is the perfect example of where not having uh, divisions is is helpful um, and why they want to get rid of it. Back to back to Penn State, um, Penn State is blocked from just about ever winning the Big Ten. Obviously, if you beat Ohio State, you won the Big Ten, but it's blocked because they have a hard path. They have to play Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Then, because of the current format with four teams, even if they go 11-1, and they're only lost to Ohio State, they don't make the Big Ten championship game, which means they don't make the playoffs. So, if Penn State wants to be under Ohio State's shadow and a year and the scenario I mean we've had real scenarios but let's just go with the scenario I came up Penn State goes 11 and 1 they're only lost to Ohio State that year there's a good chance without divisions we get Penn State versus Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game as a rematch and we all know how hard it is to beat a team twice um, just look at Alabama and Georgia in the national championship. Actually, look at any rematch in the national championship. I'm pretty sure the the team that lost the first time wins the second time, uh, almost guaranteed. So you think in that scenario, Penn State is now in the playoffs. So um, it's a hypothetical, but it's not unrealistic. You know, I, 
it's I'm sure if you followed the Big Ten like I am, you know there are times when that would happen. But again, most importantly, the easiest example is this year. If we did not have divisions in the Big Ten this year, we would have gotten an Ohio State-Michigan rematch. Um, and maybe you're very anti-rematch, and that's fair. Some people are. But from a, a pure football standpoint, would Ohio State versus Michigan 2 have been a significantly better game than Michigan-Iowa? It would have been. Um Michigan would have had a chance to beat Ohio State twice and solidify their spot in the playoffs. Ohio State would have had a chance to get revenge and maybe make the playoff. And if Ohio State wins, maybe instead of two SEC teams, maybe you have two Big Ten teams in the playoffs. So that's really the why. Um, Other addition to the why is considering um, outside of the Big Ten, right? Um, It's going to happen eventually. We don't know when, but it's going to happen that we're going to go to a 12-team playoff. Um, it, right now, it's a it's a, a, a pissing contest, it seems. Um, and the ACT and ACC in particular, but also partially the Big Ten, is holding back that, um, that legislation, that passing for very, in my opinion, childish reasons, um, very selfish reasons. But they are holding it back. But eventually, when the contract is up, if we don't get it in 2023, 2024, we will get it when the current playoff contract is up, which I believe is 2020, uh, 2026. So we have to wait a couple of years too long. If they would have just, you know, done it correctly, we could have it sooner. But eventually we're going to get there. When you have 12 teams, when you're the Big Ten, you're the SEC in particular, your goal is to have two or three teams in every single year. If you can occasionally get two in with four, you want to get two or three in every single year with 12 and maybe even hope for a year where you get four teams in. With the current format, that is unlikely because, say, for example, you have an Ohio State team that gets in, right, uh, or Michigan or whoever, and the team that they play and the, and the other side of the conference game uh, in the conference championship is nine and three or eight and four because they came in because just because that's how the divisions work. What if they be upset the team, right? That nine and four team, you don't really want them in, right? But in the current situation, if that upset happens, you get no team in the playoff. And the four team playoff, if that in the twelve team playoff, if that upset happens, you may get both teams in. That that team, that nine and three team, whatever, may get in because they're a conference championship. But that other team, who maybe only has one loss, could come in as a lower seed. Um, again, looking at this year, Michigan State never made it. Right, they didn't make it to the conference championship, but they would have been in a twelve team playoff. So, when you get rid of divisions, you give your best teams a better chance of getting in because you give your best teams a better chance of making it to the conference championship game. You give them a better resume. Um, If Michigan and Ohio state played in the playoffs, that is another top 10 team on their resume in the conference championship game. So really the why factors down to a couple of things, the balance of power in the East too much. Uh, It's too strong. It's not fair. Uh, Teams like Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, when they have really good seasons, ultimately, I'm not even going to put team names in it. There are multiple years. The second best team in the Big Ten doesn't get a shot to play for the Big Ten title because they're all on the same side. Um, You have a 12-team playoff coming up, and as a conference, it is your job to get as many teams into that playoff field as possible. In my opinion, I think those are the three biggest reasons.
So that's why they're considering it. In addition to that, the other thing uh, we need to talk about is they are also considering going from nine division games to eight division games. Um, The reason why they're going to do that is simply nine division games is a much harder. Well, it's multiple things. It's a much harder schedule, typically, especially when the SEC only plays eight um, because you're playing a more competent opponent that ninth game. Especially in a crossover, that ninth that that ninth game may be Wisconsin or it may be Iowa. It may be a really tough opponent where like Wisconsin where the SEC is playing, you know, directional school from the FCS, right? The other thing with that is you want again to have as many people in the playoffs as possible. Um, lowering a, a game gives them another chance to get another win, right? Um, and they also did the Alliance, which we really haven't heard much from, but they do have the Alliance. So going down to eight conference games gives you that extra game to be able to start scheduling, uh, with the ACC and the PAC 12. So, um, those are the two things that are kind of going on right now. Um, another reason that this is kind of starting, right. Is the big 10 is also ready to redo their media deal. And when you redo your media deal, you want to have all things in place. So having divisionless football makes the championship game more appealing. Um, having the alliance makes your TV packages more appealing. If you can go to the to the TV companies and say, this is our format moving forward for when this TV contract starts, it may give you an extra 50 to $100 million. So I would expect, because of the TV deal, I would expect to find out what they're going to do uh, very shortly Um, and shortly as in a month or two, not a week or two. So maybe shortly is not the right word. Um, So back to the divisionless football, I think it's a great idea for many reasons. I think I've outlined a lot of those. Uh, The biggest question with the divisionless football, right? The divisionless big 10 is how do you do it? So there are really a couple of thoughts on that. Um, The main one is protecting three games. The way the math works, there's 14 teams in the Big Ten. If you protect three games, that leaves you 10 more opponents. Um, Those 10 opponents, you then rotate five and five. And there's two ways to do it that the math equals the same. You either play this five, And then the next year, you play the next five. And then the next year, you play the other five, which means you play all 10 teams every two years, right? The other way, which the math still equals the same, is to do home and homes. So you play this five teams two years in a row, once on your stadium, once in their stadium. And then that next two years, it rotates. And you play the other five two years in a row. Either way, the math is the same. You play all 10 teams twice in a four-year period, which is currently not how it works. Um, There are, you know, there are a lot of trophies and things that we don't really see that often, like the Illibuck for one. Ohio State and Illinois had a trophy has a trophy that they played for a number of years in a row. And with divisions, you don't really get that. Now, you know, you either have the choice to make Illinois one of their protected rivals 
Um, or you have a chance that they're going to play for the Illibug twice every four years, which is a, a much higher frequency. Either way, it's attractive, right? So those are really the two options. The most likely way that they're going to do it, they're going to choose protect three opponents for each team and then rotate the other 10 in one of those two ways. But essentially the math is going to be you'll play through the entire Big Ten every two years. You'll play each opponent twice in four years and however way that they would do that and a home and home type of situation. So it's not going to be where Iowa hasn't been uh, to Columbus in eight years or Ohio State hasn't played um, in Lincoln, Nebraska, like, you know, whatever it is, that stuff doesn't happen in this new system. So what I wanted to do uh, just very quickly um, is is talk about how they could do this. Who are some of the protected rivalries? So if you haven't seen the article, I went through and I broke down who all the protected rivals could be. Um, if the Big Ten listens to me, hey, the work is done. There's nothing else that they have to do. They could just copy what I did and make it happen. They're probably not going to do that, which means there are going to be some slight changes. But it's just a, a fun way to get show you some of the options and, and some of the um the rivalries that would that would get kept. Some of them are very easy, right? I mean, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play each other every year, right? Um, that's just obvious. Like, there's no way that they don't play each other every year. Uh, Wisconsin and um, Minnesota, I believe, is that rivalry. They're going to play each other every year. Um, Michigan, Michigan State, going to play each other every year. Like, there are some rivalries that are guaranteed. Mm -hmm. There are some that, you know, may or may not be rivalries that just make sense. Maryland and Rutgers. Their neighbors, essentially, they're going to play each other every year. Some of these are very easy. Others uh, are a little bit harder. For example, uh, that third team for Ohio State, do you choose Illinois? Do you bring back the Illibuck? Do you choose a different thing? So that's kind of where it gets a little complicated. Um, not everyone's going to be happy. It's never going to be. Um, and, and some of the things that you kind of have to consider, you have to consider um, – do you want to do this for rivalries? Do you want to do it for fans? Do you want to do it for the media? For example, if you want to do it for the media deal, you're essentially going to make your rivals, uh, your three protected rivalries, the big games, right? You're going to do a round robin between Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa. Like those teams are essentially going to play each other every year. So you get those games for TV. If you do that, though, and you get those games for TV, um, then you lose some rivalries that fans and programs care about a little bit more. So that is really the the consideration that you have to take. Um, so with that, we're going to go to a quick commercial break for our ads. And when we come back, I'm going to run through the list that I came up with. And then, you know, just let me know what you think. Let me know if you agree or disagree and we can have some fun with it. So with that, I will be right back. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the I-70 football show. Um, As we were talking about, we were talking about divisions. We were talking about why this is a good thing, why I personally love it. So let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's get down to the actual details. I'm really, you know, putting myself out here. So if you hate them, I won't be offended. Just let me know. Uh, But I think it's a fun exercise Um, and everyone's going to have different opinions, especially I don't know where you're listening to this to this show from. I'm not sure um, who you're a fan of. There may be some games and rivalries that you think are more important than I did. And that's fair. Um, But this is just kind of to show what the Big Ten is going to have to consider um, when they do this. So. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll run down team by team and do the three protected. So starting alphabetical order with Illinois, the three teams that I protected, Purdue makes the um, makes sense, right? Let, well, okay, so obviously Purdue makes sense. That makes sense regionally. It's the next state over. Indiana makes sense. Regionally, it's the next state over. They have a rivalry. And then Northwestern makes sense. That's a same state rivalry. So, all three of their teams, they make rival. They, um, it's two teams that they already play a lot, and then you're adding in, in Indiana, which was in the East. They don't play as much, um, but they're right next to each other. So you get that in-state, you know, rival. You keep Northwestern, which is in Chicago, and then you get Purdue and Indiana. For Indiana, I have Illinois. Um, well, obviously we just talked about that. I have Purdue because that's their in-state rival. There are two teams in Indiana. You want to play, you want to have that rivalry. And then their their team that I kept is Michigan state as their third team. Um, that is a good game. Typically it's two programs that, uh, kind of fight in the same area and they have some history. Uh, as I go through this, I'm going to admit, I don't have all the trophies memorized, so I'm not going to say the trophy names, but a lot of these do have trophies. And if you don't know all the trophies, because there are a million, you can Google it. Um, and honestly, I can Google it too. I did look at them. So, um, but yeah, you can, you can Google them and look at them. There are a lot of trophy games in the Big Ten, largely because the Big Ten is such a huge conference um, that, and it's an old conference. So, but the Indiana Michigan State, which is the one that we're on currently, is called the Old Brass Platoon. Um, Indiana and Purdue have one called the Old Oaken Bucket. Uh, as far as Illinois, the teams that we kept, they have the Land of Lincoln Trophy with Northwestern and the Purdue Cannon with Purdue. Uh, we mentioned the Illibuck with Ohio State. They are not keeping that in this model, but as I previously stated, they would get to play for that two times in four years. That's enough, right? That's a that is a, a good enough time to to fight you know, for a trophy, and you get that more than what you currently have. So moving on to Iowa, this one was also easy because they have trophy games, history, and um, location. So obviously they're going to keep Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, Nebraska is not a historic Big Ten program in the sense that they're new to the Big Ten, but they're in that region. 
right? So they would keep that. And also they gave them a trophy uh, when they came to the Big Ten. Um, so they have a trophy. And they've and because of, you know, closeness, they played a lot. They played 48 times because of closeness. So even though they're not historically in the Big Ten, it's still a historic kind of rival. So Iowa and Minnesota have the Florida Rosedale Trophy. Um, Iowa and Nebraska has the Heroes Trophy. And then Iowa, Wisconsin has the Heartland Trophy. So they get to keep all of those trophies. They get to, you know, keep their um, rivalry games and regionally. And I keep saying regionally, so I guess I should say it out front. My criteria for keeping some of these, how I chose, I had nothing to do with media because I don't get paid by the Big Ten. So for me, I looked at fans, I looked at trophy games, and I looked at closeness because let's be honest, I mean, I know these these teams make a whole lot of money, um, but not everyone is Ohio State, and you don't want your like if, if you can have a bus trip a trip that you can ride a bus to you don't have to fly you don't have to do all this kind of stuff it saves the budget and typically if you can ride a bus or drive a car you're gonna have better fan support there and uh it's just the overall atmosphere everything's gonna be better so that's why i keep saying regionally a lot of these games i did try to keep with uh, you know in-state rivals close things like that so um, we just finished Iowa. Moving on to Maryland. Maryland and Rutgers are the hardest ones because they're the furthest away and they just don't have any rivals. Like they don't have any rivals. So Maryland gets Rutgers. I mentioned that earlier. They get Rutgers because they're neighbors. I gave Maryland Ohio State as well because you need to legitimize some of these. That can develop into a rivalry, um, not necessarily competitive, but also Ohio, like I feel like you should try to give your blue bloods a cupcake, right? If I was doing this by media, I would do Ohio State, and they would play Michigan State, Michigan. Um, they'd play Michigan State, Michigan, and Penn State. But that's not fair to Ohio State. And and you could say life's not fair; it doesn't matter. You want the best games. I listen. I totally understand that. But again, the biggest point of this is trying to get teams into the playoffs. And if Ohio State has to do that gauntlet every year, and then also play. Wisconsin and, and, and Minnesota and Iowa and those teams a little bit more, they're going to be more years where they're not great. You may love that. You may all be for parity. I get it. I'm not mad at you. But the Big Ten is not going to do it that way because they want Ohio State in the playoffs every year. They want Michigan and Michigan State. They want Wisconsin and Iowa in the playoffs. So some of these teams are going to get a couple of cupcakes. So Maryland has to play Ohio State. And then they get Penn State um, because Penn State is close ish not really but it's close ish it's obviously closer than any team that's in the west um michigan state they get indiana we already talked about that um oh i skipped i skipped you know i skipped michigan so we're gonna go to michigan um michigan they're going to get michigan state obviously ohio state obviously. And then their other one, their third one is going to be Northwestern. Michigan has a George Jewett trophy with Northwestern. Um, I just thought that'd be a, a good one to keep. It's going to be a good game. They're two really tough programs. Um, and then obviously Michigan, Ohio state, it's like, come on, like that it, Michigan, Ohio state is come on. They don't technically have a trophy, which is funny, but they do have the gold pants. So, 
it, it's not a trophy game, quote unquote, but it is a historic rivalry and they do play for the gold pants. Um, and then Michigan and Michigan State have the Paul Bunyan trophy. But even if they didn't have a trophy, they have that little brother, big brother rivalry in the state of Michigan. It all makes sense, right? At least I hope you agree that it makes sense. So maybe you disagree with Northwestern. Um, maybe you would like to keep Michigan, Minnesota, who has the little brown jug. Um, but Hey, it's one of like, that's one of those things, Minnesota, Northwestern, it doesn't really matter. Um, I just think Northwestern makes a little bit more sense and, uh, it allows Minnesota to, to stay with, um, who we're going to talk about, but it allows Minnesota to stay a little bit more regionally. Um, and it allows them to play Nebraska because Nebraska, similarly to, uh, Maryland and Rutgers doesn't have a true rival. So Michigan gets Michigan State, Northwestern, and Ohio State. Michigan State gets Michigan and Penn State. Um, Penn State is that big game. So you like, you, although I'm not giving you again, and I'm not making decisions, but although I'm not giving you the quartet of Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State, a lot of these teams are still going to play each other. So Michigan State and Penn State play every single year. Currently, they have the land tra- land grant trophy um and then obviously we already talked about them getting michigan their last one they get is indiana um i i felt like that made sense i like that i think that's a good rivalry i think that uh, really competitive programs who are in that kind of depending on how you want to look at it if ohio state's the first tier um, then maybe you put Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin in the second tier. So then you put maybe put, potentially put Michigan State and Indiana in that third tier. Obviously, uh, Michigan State historically has had more success, so they're probably in that second tier. But they're kind of similar programs, um, in my opinion. Um, and so I thought, you know, an Indiana, Michigan State uh, would be very interesting. But also they do have a trophy. I, I think I already mentioned it. They play the the old brass platoon, so they get to keep that game. Um, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Um, um, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. So that quartet, that regional quartet gets to play each other. There's a lot of trophy games there. There's a lot of history there. There's a lot of rivalries there. It just makes sense. So um, North uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, they all play each other. They create kind of like a little pod. Um so that was kind of, that one was kind of easy. Northwestern, uh, they we already talked about. They get Illinois. They get that rivalry. They get Purdue, and I thought that was an interesting one, especially as kind of the act like you know Ohio, uh, the Big Ten is an academic conference, and they love to like preach that. But um, I would imagine, at least I think so. I don't know if everyone thinks so, but I think that um, you know Northwestern and Purdue are kind of some of the the smarter schools, I guess, or the the more prestigious. Like they, uh, you know, Purdue is that engineering school. It's very hard, tough to get in, very strong academics. Northwestern, you know, is it, kind of similar to an Ivy League in a way. Um, they have that really kind of outsized expectation. Um, again, it also kind of makes sense regionally. So Northwestern gets uh, Illinois, Michigan, and Purdue. Um, Ohio State, Maryland, Michigan, and Penn State. So they keep that the two big, two biggest ones, right? We're not making the schedule easy for them. They get their biggest rival, and they get the program that has the toughest. They have the toughest time beating, and then they get the cupcake in Maryland, um, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Rutgers. So um, I wasn't going to give Rutgers and Maryland to Penn State because that's not fair. I mean, they're going to essentially just get two easy games. Like that doesn't make sense. So they still get two tough games. You get Penn State and Ohio State, and then their cupcake is Rutgers. Um, 
And so that's how that goes. Uh, Purdue gets Illinois, Indiana, and Michigan State. Rutgers gets Maryland, Ohio State, and Penn State. So Rutgers is kind of screwed here. Um, They're almost essentially getting two L's and then a really tough game with Maryland. And then lastly, I already talked about the quartet. Wisconsin gets Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska. So there's a lot going on here, uh, and that's a lot of talking and a lot of teams. So I hope that that was easy to follow along. If it wasn't the easiest to follow along, I did write an article about it, a Big Thoughts article that you can check out um, that has it in plain writing, which makes it a little bit easier um, to see than me just kind of yelling it out to you on this solo podcast. Um so really, that's kind of that's really the show today. So um, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and get to my pit stop. And my my pit stop um, is simple. Actually, it's it's very simple. Uh, I, I kind of struggled with it. I didn't know if my pit stop was going to be Tom Brady retiring, but not retiring and then almost retiring. Um, and or if it would be Ben Roethlisberger actually retiring. Um, So I'll put those aside because of something that happened today. Um, I'm sure you picked up by now. We record this on Saturdays, Um, Sundays. We record this on Sundays. It comes out on Mondays. I'm tripping. Uh, OSU Joe, Joe Burrow. We talked about him last episode. He is a legend, man. Um, He wins a national championship at LSU in his second year after not having a great first year. He goes to the NFL number one pick outside expectations, but he goes to the freaking Bengals, right? Um, the Bengals were the team that always made the playoffs, but never won. They could never get over the hump. Um, they, you know, had a history of not spending money, all this other kind of stuff. They're was a slight controversy this year of do you pick the receiver, Jamar Chase, or the offensive lineman, Panay Sewell? Uh, they're winning, clearly, but their offensive line is terrible. Um, I, I think they made the right decision, but it's still, right? There a lot of um, – there's just not a lot of trust, right, when it comes to the Bengals. In his first year, he has a pretty decent season, but he gets injured, right? He comes back in his second year, and they just beat the Chiefs, and they're going to the Super Bowl. And, and and they're going to play either the Rams or the 49ers. They can beat both of those teams. Um, I mean, they're going to struggle a little bit because their offensive line's not good. And so you have to go against Aaron Donald or Nick Bosa, which is not going to be fun for anyone, uh, especially not Joe Burrow. But he already won a game where he got sacked nine times. So there's a chance that Joe Burrow is going to win a national championship in his second year as LSU and a Super Bowl in his second year in the NFL. That's legendary. Even just getting to the Super Bowl, this is the Bengals' first Super Bowl appearance since 1988. That is ridiculous. And I'm not I'm not here to say that he's going to be a Hall of Famer and all these other kind of stuff, these things. You don't know how anyone's career is going to work out year two. But, but going and doing what he's done, um, upsetting the Chiefs in year two, taking a team that has no offensive linemen and, and just kind of willing them to win. His biggest thing is uh, <clears throat> his belief in himself, his swagger, the confidence that he exudes. He ignites fan bases like maybe you're a Bengals fan. I know a lot of people in Columbus are. Um, maybe you're a Bengals fan. You know what it feels like. You know exactly what I'm saying. Like, it, Like the Bengals just feel different. 
I'm a Colts fan. I've said that. I'm not a fan of a football team in Ohio, but I want to be a Bengals fan. I'm not switching my fandom, but like, I want to be a Bengals fan. Like I'm going to, it's two hours. I'm going to, or an hour and a half, actually, I'm going to start going to Bengals games because an hour and a half to Bengals game is a lot closer than three hours to get to Indianapolis. Right? Like I want to support them as long as they're not playing the Colts. And it's because of OSU Joe, it's because of Joe Burrow and what he's done for that franchise and just year two. And now it's like, they're going to get an offensive line, right? They have to, they're most likely going to draft one draft one or two, but with him, he's infectious and they're winning, which means people are going to want to go there in free agency. They may be able to get a couple of good free agent pickups. They already have Jamar Chase and T Higgins. Their defense doesn't have a bunch of superstars, but they play really well, right? Obviously they're, they're doing some stuff. So this could be a run, right? Um, Ben Roethlisberger just retired. I, I'm not trying to be mean here, but not that many people trust in the Browns or Baker Mayfield. And Lamar Jackson's amazing. So it's really like the Bengals are in this position where they could be the face of their division for the next 10 years. They could have a run of having the best quarterback in that division. Uh, I'm not ready to say that Joe Burrow's better than Lamar Jackson. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. But I'm just saying he could be. And so you have the best quarterback in that division. You could win every single. You could win that division more times than not, especially with the seventh, um, with the seventh team. It can be it can be an expectation that the Bengals make the playoffs every year. Either they win the division or they get the wild card. That is a entire switch around of a fan base uh, of of a franchise, and it's largely at the hand of one person, at Joe Burrow, OSU Joe, as I like to call him. So. That's my pit stop. I'm very happy for him. Not that I know him personally, but I'm very happy for him. I'm very happy for what he's doing for Cincinnati, um, for what he's doing for football in general. Um, and at this point, I'm rooting for him. I hope they win a Super Bowl. I hope he brings a Super Bowl uh, to Cincinnati for the first time in a very long time, um, in his lifetime, in my lifetime. Um, and so we'll see. But that Super Bowl is going to be winnable. They can beat the Rams and the 49ers, and they're not going to go into this game. They may not go in an underdog, but they're definitely not going to go in uh, after beating the Chiefs. They're not going to go in uh, with people feeling like it's impossible that they win. And that is a total, total flip, a total revamp. Uh, And that, again, largely to OSU Joe. So um, with that, I would like to thank you for listening. A really short episode. I appreciate you for listening always, but especially appreciate you for listening as I just sit here and talk to myself. Uh, and well, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you. But as I sit here on a solo show, um, and so I, I appreciate anyone who sat down to listen to this still. Uh, please, you know, find me on Twitter. Let me know what you think about my protected rivalries. Are there any rivalries that I should have kept? Are there any that uh, I'd kept and just don't make any sense to you? Uh, like, I would love the dialogue as we sit and we wait for the Big Ten to drop their official protected rivalries and, and let us know for sure what their new media deal is looking like. Are they going to eight games? How the alliance is working? What's going on with the playoffs? This is going to be a big offseason for the Big Ten. Um, A lot of things are going to change. Um, And currently, the Big Ten makes the most money out of any conference. So 
uh, it's going to be interesting just to see if they surpass the crazy deal that the SEC got um, recently, which is going to start soon. And it's going to be interesting to see if they if they let if they don't stick with ESPN, which is something that I'm hoping for because ESPN committed to the SEC. I think the Big Ten should do their own thing. So whether that be Fox by itself, whether that be Fox and CBS or whatever it is, it'll just be interesting. I know CBS is going to be in the market because they lost uh, the SEC, but a CBS going to want to pay the exorbitant fee that that is going entail the Big Ten. We'll see. But um, the Big Ten is going to be very interesting this offseason. There's going to be a lot to follow. Um, and me and Dante will be here. So, um, as always, I want to thank you for traveling I-70 with us. If you enjoy the episode, leave us a five-star review. Mention Dante and I. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JordanW330. Obviously, Dante wasn't here today. But you can also find him on Twitter at DanteM10216. Thanks as always and catch you next week.